The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. This week on the podcast, we're in Florence, Italy to find out how to tell good gelato from bad gelato. But then you definitely don't want it when it's stacked really high and they've got a piece of pineapple on one and a piece of starts to show you because you obviously don't speak Italian, <laughs> you know, what that flavor is. Because if they hear one more person say fragola instead of fragola, they're going to have a stroke. So they put the, the strawberries <laughs> on top. For more tips on finding the best gelato in Florence and how Christmas is celebrated in Italy, download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Let's do it. Hi, welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with my friend Sondra Bernstein coming to you from the beautiful town of Sonoma where we have blue skies and what's that smell, Sandra? It's not it's, smoke. No, <laughs> it smells like my cauliflower with cumin that I made uh, yesterday. Yeah. It's been a good weekend actually as far as, you know. PTSD yeah. goes. Uh, most of the firemen that were the firefighters, sorry, that were staying at the Fairmont um, um, a lot of them have gone home. They were doing some whooping and whooping the other night. I thought it was strange. They A bunch of them came into the, the water tower bar and they were drinking, which they hadn't been doing the, the last couple weeks. And so oh. I went to the went to the front desk and said, who are these people? Because they're not, I thought maybe they were like captains or something, like they were allowed to do stuff that the normal people weren't. The and they said, no, this is that's a whole crew from Washington. They're getting sent home tomorrow. So they had their credit cards out. They were drinking doubles. I mean, it was 17 days straight that they had been fighting the glass fire. And so they were ordering filet mignon and drinking and having a good time. So we actually stayed open late. Um, but they did, cool. a, they did a great job because, the, I mean, you can tell by looking out your window. Exactly. Yeah, we're so getting back today, to normal. Today, who I'm sure has, you know, things to pitch in about this is our guest, Emily Martin, who is an old friend of mine who, um, who I don't get to see as much as I like, but we always laugh a lot when we do. She is a, an unbelievable marketer, um, SF fashion, jet setting fashionista, and Emily Martin events. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I always wonder how you have garnered your followers and how you have done this because I feel like you have 10 people on staff. That's how much content you're pumping out. And anyway, thank you so much for joining Brian and I today. I really appreciate it. Well, of um, course. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. I'm honored. Yeah. You, you are really, you've been out and about during COVID. I mean, you, you know, well, to some degree, I mean, you have so much content that I guess it's possible for you to be posting where it looks like you're there. Um, but it was in the past. But the other thing is we, d I did a Facebook live with you a couple months ago. Yes. And that's been, you've been doing that consistently. Yes. Yes. So you're absolutely right. I have endless content. So I definitely did shelter in place for about three and a half months. Um, I think it was March 13th until middle of June. And my first actual 
trip outside of California after that. I did a road trip to visit family in Seattle. And of course I oh. you know, had to swing by some wineries on the way. So it became like five days in Willamette Valley, uh -huh. um, a few days in or uh, Washington's Rogue River region, which unfortunately I think they were just impacted by fires. So I'm really oh. hoping all of our wine country friends at California and above are safe and sound. Um, yeah. But yeah, so during, during COVID, I sort of, you know, I didn't know what to do going from, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like you I, before COVID, I had probably four to five events a night that I was attending a couple during the day, whether they're food or wine clients or stuff that I was attending as media. So I sort of thought to myself, how can I continue to share all of my winery and culinary friends stories while we're all locked at home? So I did Instagram live series and um, you were sweet yeah. enough to join me on a Friday afternoon. I remember you had your dog, dog in the kitchen. I had my little Frenchie and we had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was very fun. And yeah, it's, it's interesting because during COVID, I mean, I think the first few months, I mean, I had Instagram lives where there'd be over 500 people just tuning in. Wow. And, well, I think it was just, it was getting access to people that they might, I mean, most people don't know you, so they don't get to sit and listen to someone shoot the shit with you and ask you questions and be, right. and that, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, and well, then, I had a lot of people not not working too. I mean, I was in that same boat. I was watching a lot of IGTV because it was, I mean, you're, you're like, oh my God, these people are live. Cool. When normally you'd be driving or at work. Um, so it was nice to actually be able to, to, to meet people for the first time virtually. Yeah. And I tried to focus. I don't know if you remember, Sandra, I threw this Pinot Noir event last fall called yes, Pinot uh, Yes. And we had 25 Northern, the best of the best Pinot Noir producers. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to really support those guys during COVID. So most of my IG lives were culinary friends like you and then wine, winemakers. So I had mm -hmm. Jeff from William Selyam. I had Ross Cobb. I had Freeman. Um, I had Opus One, who actually they don't make Pinot, but you know, if Opus One wants to join you for an Instagram live, of course you do that. Um, so it was it was really fun, and um, I'd like to continue to do them. I just think we we all have a little bit of like Zoom fatigue, so I think figuring out what's next. You know, maybe it's not every week, maybe it's one a month, or when there's a momentous yeah. occasion. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd be curious. I'd be curious what you guys think. Like, what do you think is the new Instagram live if COVID continues another year or two? Well, you know, I do think that there are so many people, it's like before, you could be like scrolling on your Instagram feed and you could see um, so-and-so is live, you know, and you'd be like, oh, what's that? Especially if you never knew how that worked before. And then now it's like I could scroll through and I could have four or five people going live at once. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, there's only... You know, I think you have to do it on an off hour, you know, like a really random time, like 4.52 or <laughs> 3.29 or something random because most people do it at the half hour. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're there, you, you're either selecting things or there's too many. Um, I try and watch Sarah from Chateau Sonoma. She does a Friday. She did one with um, Jean-Charles Boisset. That was so 
amazing. It was yeah. hilarious. And he was walking around showing all his decanters and he, he, he was really good. I'm sure he would love doing yours. Great idea. And, I'm going to have yeah. to hit JCB up. I mean, he's yeah. so animated in person. I, I think so he's crazy. Like, yeah. On video. Yeah. that You're right. Cause I was doing wine Wednesdays in the beginning and I think I was a little bit ahead of the game, like a lot of brands took a few months to get on board. And as I'd invite them, they're like, what? My winemaker's not good on camera. And I'm like, it's fine. As long as we have this <laughs> dynamic. And obviously I only really invited people that I thought had interesting personalities and had a dynamic. Cause right. you guys know, sitting on a camera or on a recording with yeah. someone that's dull, there's nothing worse. Exactly. Yeah. You just turn it off. You switch to the next yeah. one. So I ended up moving my wine Wednesdays to Thursdays. And oh, that was um, smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think every winery is doing Wednesdays now. And then yeah, we, you and I did a foodie Friday, which by the way, oh my God, I got to give a shout out. <laughs> I remember for our Instagram live, I was like, well, let's talk about all your good goodies and your giftable items. This dried fig com compote, is, am I saying compote. it right? Uh -huh. Compote. Holy moly. I'm down to my last jar. I'm going to have to get some more. Every time I make a cheese plate, it oh, is so good, good with Thank everything. You. Sometimes I just eat yeah. a plate. Yeah. Um, and the salted fig caramel. I mean- your products, they're so yeah. yummy. The salted food caramel is actually really good on a dry aged goat cheese, which you wouldn't normally think of that, but it is really kind of the umami and the salt and salt and sweet and I don't know. I never make it that far. I get a green apple, cut it up into slices, and I just dip directly into the jar. Or yeah. a spoon. <laughs> I've gone through a few jars with no a spoon. spoon. <laughs> um, well, speaking about your yummy food, may I ask one question? Because you know I have a, a weakness for fried chicken, and I tried yeah. yours. Actually, I tried yours during COVID. I came up yes, and I you did. I did yeah, a was it good? At the Ken, was yes. it good? What do you well, I know. Of course it's it was good. Worry. Yeah. And I actually have a blog post, which I'm finishing up this week, including it's Wine Country's Best Fried Chicken, and obviously yours is on it. So, oh, like, what's the secret? Um, the secret is, okay, the secret is we have been cooking country French food for 23 years, and we have added that little twist onto our fried chicken. So, um, actually, that's bullshit. I have are you, are you brining that chicken? I, you know, am I the worst person to is there a Is there a certain type of buttermilk that you're bathing that in? No. I don't know. It's just cooked with love and whoever's making it is just caring that the end product is going to go into someone's mouth and they need to love it. And well, I, I love it. Oh, <laughs> I'm working. so glad because, you know, the thing is, is that fried chicken and French fries are really two of the worst items that you should be selling to go because they they get soggy you know they keep steaming as hot as it is and so I know we do double fry our fried chicken okay. and so you get crusty on crusty and hoping that lasts a little well, I, I know I love a crunchy oh, fried chicken you. um yeah. I mean well, anyway yeah and we'll it's a bargain $25 for two people fried chicken and fixings at the fig cafe it's oh like, and then they gotta save room for your chocolate chip cookies right for sure, <laughs> for sure. but anyway this is actually um an episode about you oh, right. sorry, about us <laughs> so how did where did you find um your love for food and wine like where did that have you always been in food and wine or did you 
would say living in New York, because I grew up in the Midwest. I'm from outside Chicago. And my friends will tell you I'm a bit of a boring eater. Like, there's a lot of stuff I don't like to eat. Um, I'm sort of like meat and potatoes. I love chicken. I like plain fish. I mean, I still remember the first time I had uni and it was down the street from you at the Glen Ellen Star. And I was like, what is this? Um, I think you were serving uni? Yeah, it was a special media dinner and Ari served it and it was on. I mean, it was actually, it was really good. I just was like, that's, I don't think I'm an uni girl. But um, I think living in New York, I worked at Bloomingdale. So I was in the fashion industry and my first boss was a total foodie, Debbie. And she'd always be like, Emmers, have you been here? Have you been here? And I'm like, I make like $39,000. No, I haven't been to all these restaurants. Um, and I think just, you know, you read New York Magazine. And I mean, this was, I don't even know if there was Eater back then. This was in like the yeah. early, anyway, I'm not even going to give away my age, but oh, it was a while ago. So yeah, so I think just being in New York and um, obviously when you travel, like every time I travel, I would always be curious about like where to eat, where to stay, what cocktails you must have. So I think it just sort of like all goes together with like the curiosity and passion for like life and getting to know other cultures. Very, yeah, very cool. My niece actually works in the fashion industry in New York. She's with Saks, I think. Really? Yeah. I think she's with Saks. She's a shoe buyer or I don't know what she's doing, but she's working from home. It's kind of yeah. crazy. But anyway, I mean, seriously, like to start in New York and there are so many restaurants I have on a list that I'm dying to go to in New York. And it's just, there's just not enough. Yeah. Well, it'll never happen. And I think I moved to San Francisco in 2012. And why? I hit, I hit about 10 years in, well, a little over 10 years in New York. And I was hosting a dinner party. It was for Easter. And I was like, guys, I got to get out of New York or else I'm going to be this like 50 year old buyer at Bloomingdale's that has a cat. <laughs> I don't even like cats, but I was like, I got to leave New York. I like, I just wanted to change the scenery. And I mean, there's so many amazing places to visit and live. And I had been going to San Francisco when I was working at Louis Vuitton. I did this, these trainings every six months all over the country. And I would always like extend the weekend or have the training on a Monday so I could go early. And I'll never forget, I went to A16 per everyone's recommendation. I sat at the bar by myself and it like became my go-to every time I'd go to A16 when I was in San Francisco by myself. And San Francisco had a lot of similarities to Chicago. It was on the water. It had all those neighborhoods with very unique individual vibes. Like I think the marina and like Soma and Nopa all feel very different. It's like Lincoln Park, the Gold Coast and Chicago. And I have to say the chefs in the Bay Area are so, so, so approachable. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I like met you as we were trying to brainstorm, I think at Hospice Tyrone in what, 16 or 15. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not trying to bash the New York chefs, but like the kit, it's much bigger restaurants. So you're not sitting at a chef's counter talking to them like you are in California. And I just think, you know, the attitude of New York, New York's just a little bit more, you know, there's that New York attitude. I had it when I worked in fashion and in California, it's more laid back and the chefs are like, yeah, sure. You can interview me. Yeah, sure. Like I'll do an IG live. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's much easier to be a big fish in a small pond in California than in New York. Yeah, that could be. And I'm sure there are a lot more people doing what you do in New York, you know, so maybe people get inundated with so many requests that, you know, I mean, it, it, I hate to say, I mean, there are times it really does get old. You're just like tired of like, um, interview, having an interview or, 
Um, I'm not going to say that right now. I mean, you know, COVID <laughs> is a different time, but there's been periods where it's like, I don't want to talk to anybody else right, right. now. You yeah. Know? And then the press gets a bad name too on occasion because unless you're like recording it live, like, you know, I could do an interview and, and eight out of 10 times it would be wrong. Like right. it would be one or two lines taken out of context and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't talk to the press anymore because it's, it makes me, it doesn't make me look good. Right. And so that's one rule of thumb that I, I've done since the beginning of my blog. My philosophy has always been, if I don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. Oh, I and love that. So, and I, maybe this is because, you know, I'm not, I always say like, I'm not a CNN investigative reporter. Like I'm not trying to find, I'm not trying to dig down and find the bad stuff. I want to share the good stories and I don't even have time to write about all the good stuff that there is. So I, I think also what publicists appreciate about the work I've done is, you know, whenever I have a moment, I'm like, oh, will you eyeball this first and make sure it's correct? Because yeah. they don't want false information about their clients. I don't want to have an interview where you're like, Emily, it's not fried chicken, it's fried duck. You mix it up. <laughs> right. it and fix it. So I think that has always been my goal. And I have to say, like when yes. you say that I know a lot of people, it's amazing if you say nice things about people, they like you and they want to be yeah. a friend. It's so like refreshing. It's so refreshing, truly. Um, so, and well, Sandra, I remember like six, seven years ago that one of the biggest things from especially social, especially social media people was just coming into the restaurant. I remember we had so many reservations at the Girl and the Fig, where it was people that just wanted to come in and they, you know, that they were going to do a an Instagram story or a blog or something, and and it it almost got overwhelming at some point that it was just so many influencers yeah. coming in and you're wondering like what what is happening with this content like where is it going and mm -hmm. how is it really affecting business well and i mean i do marketing for restaurants and for wineries so i see it from both sides and yes it's hard sometimes bloggers give other bloggers a bad name if you know they come in they ask for a free meal and they don't actually do what they're going to say so yeah. i think it's a balancing act i think it's understanding like okay these are partners we want to be with or this person you know might only have 5,000 followers, but holy moly, they get so much engagement right. and based on their media kit, 80% of their readers are Bay Area. So yeah, we want them. Mm. Um, so I think it's just really understanding the metrics and then obviously like having relationships with people. I mean, I'm one of the OG people that I actually have a blog. So if you Google right. Sandra Bernstein, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure your interview, our interview together comes up on page one. I'm very proud of my page one Google analytics. Um, but a lot of these people, Brian, to your point, they just put it on Instagram once and then it gets buried. And six months right. later, you're like, did we see any traction because of this right. Right. free meal we gave them? Like, for example, I'll still remember my first media visit at Girl in a Fig. I was staying at um, Arrowwood for the weekend. I came in, I was with a girlfriend and I had um, muscles for literally the first time. Wow. Because, you know, boring Chicago Emily, I didn't really have a lot of seafood as a kid. And they were from like the BVI. And I'm like, these are the only muscles I like, whatever this BVI stuff is. Or Prince, yeah. I'm sorry, Prince Edwards. Prince Edward. Yeah, yeah. You're like BVI. Sorry. But yeah, that's okay. <laughs> there are BVI like, literally, now if I order muscles, I'm like, they must be Prince Edward Island. <laughs> the only ones I like. It's really the only thing that's not like source from like 50 miles, 60 miles away. And because I have just never liked a California muscle or at least 
no one has given one to me that I've loved. Um, New Zealand mussels I love, but Prince Edward Island has a really special part. But I think it's interesting, and Brian's right, and, and part of our marketing strategy, which is very minimal, especially right now, has always been, um, you know, in, influencers coming in, people that are writing, working with our county, um, you know, when they have guests that, that are coming in, I'm very open to allowing people to come. And I think the best thing that I could have ever done in that time is to not have any expectations. And so when I go into it, I am like, there's no guarantee they're going to write about it. And listen, if it's someone like you and you didn't like it, and then that's your philosophy, you're not going to write about it if you don't like it. Um, you know, then they're not going to write about us. I don't want people to lie about us just because right. they came and, you know, and, and I have other restaurant friends that are like, you know, is that really ethical? Should you be giving people free food? Does it sway? And I'm like, you know, they're, we're not paying for a review. We're not right. paying for a blog post. We're not paying. So the least we can do is provide the food. And and honestly, if someone says, oh, I wish it was cooked a little more, wasn't good. I, I'm okay about it. Yeah. I'm like, it was what it was. Well, and, and I always, I mean, when I, nine, 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 nine times out of 10, I write about it. And I do a pretty thorough job of vetting. So I'm not very gonna, thorough job. But I'm not going to go somewhere that I haven't heard about, and then it's going to be a poor experience. And if it is a poor experience, I will then have a conversation with a publicist. And I mean, I'll never forget, I was at a very, very high-end hotel. I had a spa treatment. I was like two minutes late checking in because um, I couldn't find the spa or something. And the <laughs> facialist was like, okay, well, you had a 60-minute facial, but you were late, so I'm going to make it 50 minutes because I have an appointment after you. And I was like, this is not on par with how the brand should be communicating with guests. Honestly, give me a 50 minute one, lie to me. I'm not setting a timer, I'm getting a facial, just don't tell me. And like, right. and I had a conversation with the publicist and I was like, and she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's all good. I'm not gonna write this. It's just, you should tell, know. Tell, tell them, especially with media. Like, so like, I don't want anybody to lie, but like spin it or be like, you know, give me an extra treatment that's, that's 50 minutes versus 60. I'm just saying right. it's like, I think every, it's just, yeah, I don't really know what the point of that story was. But my point is, I, I didn't write about that experience. I just tried to help them grow from it. Because if right. they're going to give a comped product, at least they can learn and improve themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And no, I do I think agree. everybody thinks bloggers work or get everything for free. But just to defend bloggers, when, <laughs> when, I, when I get a free meal, this is how it works. So like, I'll research it ahead of time and I'll say, oh, girl on a fig, I've heard about this. Oh my God, let me look on their website. Let me read everything I can learn about it. Okay, I'm going to Sonoma. I would love to visit. I email, I inquire, would a hosted visit be possible? Note to self, I always assume I'm paying tip. That's To me, that's above and beyond. Of course, Thank you. you. Spread the word. <laughs> well, I do think you guys are a little nicer than you need to be. You also need to communicate from the restaurant side. We would love to host you. We would host you and a guest, you know, either this monetary value or like one appetizer, one entree each. I mean, sometimes it's better to specify the recipe of what you want. And then yeah. we say, we would, we would please ask you cover gratuity for our staff. Right. I've literally never had people not tell me that. And I've been doing this long enough that I know that's the right thing to do it. But sometimes new people might not know that. 
And then, you know, you go, you have the meal, but I mean, as much as it's fun photographing the meal, my friends are like, Oh, the camera eats first. Like you're still working. Like you're not like like, on a date with your boyfriend, having a glass of wine, relaxing, you're working. Oh, and then the manager comes over and says, hello. So you schmooze the manager and then you're mid bite. And then the server's like, how are you doing? And it's constant, lovely interruptions, but you know, checking on you because they want you to have the best experience. Um, and then what I used to do is I would post social media during the meal. I don't even try to do that anymore because then it's absolutely no fun. Right, right. Um, and to me, it's like whether I post at 9.30 when I get back to my hotel room or even if I post at 8 in the morning, if I'm having, let's be honest, I'm usually having a few glasses of wine. So I'll probably just post in the morning when I'm a little fresher and there's no mistakes. Yeah. So, and then if I write a blog post, I got to edit all those photos. So that's like a half an hour of editing put it in the blog. For me, it takes about two to three hours to do a blog post. Yeah. So that is three hours of after work, an hour of prep. So it's tough. It's these are the people that write blogs, the people that just throw it on Instagram, forget what I just said. It's a different story. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I totally appreciate, you know, how much time it really does take. And, you know, we, um, like with with the county, we have a press guideline. So we do have like a, sh- a one pager that we send and say this is what we do. Um, if if a influencer does not leave gratuity, hopefully nobody listens to me and hears this. But I I will always take care of our staff. Yeah. You know, it's just I just probably won't host them again because Absolutely. I just yeah. I just think like, you know, at the very, very least, this is someone's job. This is the way the industry works right now. Um, and, you know, for the most part, it's been really good. There's been a few times where it's been really surprising. Yeah. And, um, you know, and there were years that I was really like early on, I would be like, okay, this is the press meal. Perfect. You know? And it yep. would be our fig salad, it would be the duck confit, it would be the steak, tar- you know, like a handful and then a cocktail. But I'm like, you know, people's dietary things have changed so dramatically that, yeah. you know, to pinpoint certain food to people now is a disservice to actually getting someone to just come. And so I think, you know, personal experiences, and then again, the same thing, because every writer is writing about the same five foods. So what good is that other than, you know, solidifying, you know, brand items? Yeah. But you could teach, you could teach this to people. No, I know. And actually good. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm actually, my friend has a company, Six Degrees. It's a female networking company. And she's, I'm teaching, I'm teaching a webinar November 4th, I think it is, basically about like, as an influencer, also as a fundraiser, because I've been fundraising my whole life, and I I was very involved in the New York Junior League, and now I'm involved in Meals on Wheels, San Francisco. We just had our virtual gala last Mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. Um, 932,000 right now. We only have, wait, what is that, 78,000 left? Yes. (laughs) Um, I'm like trying to do the math. Yeah. Yeah, so that's exactly what I'm going to be sharing. Like, how to, how to work with people, you know, how to, how to clarify, like when I reach out to a hotel or a restaurant, I say, this is what I, this is what I'd like. And this is what I can deliver. If there's something else you would like, I'm flexible and open. 
Um, you know, I think with video, like I just went a couple years ago, I went to BMW driving school and they just invited me back. And I was like, I'd love to go back. Do you want me to do a video this time and put it on YouTube? And they're like, yes. So I just, you know, cause I have a YouTube channel. I remember your last BMW road trip. I was oh like, she's amazing. So that is, that is like a fun little secret about me. I think I was a race car driver in a former life. Oh, interesting. Because I drive like one, and I love to drive fast cars. What do you drive? I drive an Audi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm a Toyota girl now. I have uh, an Audi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had an SUV, right? Yeah. Why do I... See, I remember people's cars. I have the convertible. Oh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. The um, I know this is so crazy, and it's so random, but I'm just, like, cracking up about it. My leases, I always do a lease because it's through the business, but, um, and I like having a new car every three years. I just, yeah, but um, I have 8,000 miles on my car, and my lease is up in, like, a month or two. Yeah, it's crazy. I know they should pay me, you know? It's amazing. I mean, I don't go anywhere, especially this year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, no. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I love, so I, I did that Audi driving school three times at Sonoma racetrack because Ram and I was a member and it was so much fun. You obviously drove and then drank wine just to clarify. Everybody asked (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. Anyway, wait, it was their cars or you're driving your own car? No, you're driving theirs. So Audi used to have a driving school at the Sonoma racetrack. Um, and I guess the GM of Ramsgate is a big Audi enthusiast. Enthusiast, So they would partner. And the driving school is normally like $450. And maybe it's like an hour and a half or two. And as a Ramsgate winery member, you, it was $150. And every time the email would come out, I would like see it. And I booked it. So I literally did it three times over maybe two years. And you get to do, um, it's on the blog. I can, I'll send you guys a link. But you do like a little like, in like the TT, you do these pine cone racing. And then you get to drive an A4 on the track and um, you're driving and you have like a helmet on and there's three cars at once and they have like an instructor on a walkie talkie that's telling you what to do. And the second time and the third time I went, I got braver and braver. So at one point I was going like 95 and the guy's like yelling at me on the radio and I'm like, shut shut up. Like don't (laughs) a fast car on a racetrack and tell me to slow down. Like it makes no sense. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, but BMW driving school, you get to go to like, you, there's like five different cars you drive over a two hour period. Wow. And normally it's 12 people per class. I had my own class. So I just drove five cars for two hours. It was, oh my God. And where, where is that? That was in Palm Springs. Oh, in Palm Springs. Oh, It's like wow. desert something. Um, yeah. Very cool. So, yeah, there's more than just food and wine. Yeah, and fashion. Hello. Well, I don't really write about fashion. That's what's misleading about my name. I started it when I was working in fashion. Right. I mean, I have a few packing guides, but like to me, like that was always work and the food and the wine and travel was fun. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess now my job, my business, Emily Martin Events, I do marketing and events for food and wine. But I love it. So I guess, like, what what do they say? Like, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Exactly, exactly. Now, what? Um, it is October. It would have been Pinot and Pod this month, but yeah. what Which you were going to be a part of? I, we were going to cook something for it. Yeah. I can't remember what, but we were going to do something. Yeah. Um. So did you just postpone it till next year for now? 
Yes, um, that is the plan. Um, it's sort of been postponed indefinitely. Um, I updated the website a few months ago and just, you know, it's sort yeah. of a, the sad reality. Although I think I have a spectacular vineyard site. One of my Pinots and Plaid wineries owns a lot of vineyards and they have generously offered to share one of their vineyard spaces with me. And I think there will be an outdoor Pinots and Plaid in June. At Durrell? No, God, no. I haven't even asked Bill. I would, that would be great. I could ask Bill, but um, no, it's not a Durrell. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if Three Sticks would share Durrell with me. I would love it. But um, why, don't you, why don't you ask Prema? I'll ask Bill and we'll see what they okay, say. Um, no, I don't really want to announce where, but it's, it's in the Corneros region. And I might have just been there recently. But we'll see. Um, the only thing is, unfortunately, we will not be able to fit 25 wineries there. And during COVID, right, right. I sort of thought about a, a tightened structure. So I think it would be like eight wineries on Saturday. Oh, Don eight wineries on. Eight no. wineries on Saturday. Donham, <laughs> Donham was not a part of Pinots and Plaid 2019. Okay. Um, okay. Not Donham, but Blue Farm was Anna's and oh, yeah. door. Um, and then yeah, so I think it would be it would be much smaller. It would probably be like. 75 guests you know maybe groups of like five in like little pods and then instead of like them walking around to different winery tables the, wine. the wineries would come to them that's so smart that's oh. what i'm thinking i mean this yeah. is i still have to flush it out but i think i have a venue yeah, that's a really good idea and then i think you know everybody that was on board for 2019 obviously they're going to be invited first Mm -hmm. um, I think it's all about I really want to just support everybody that supported me year one when I was like hey I have this crazy idea and I mean you know the people I know who said yes in which order so it's like right. you just really <laughs> want to thank everyone that supported her early on yeah well you know it must have been good for them too you know I mean you're spreading the love so for sure yeah and I mean well, they got access I mean I think the 2019 guests I think like 84% were San Francisco based. Wow. And I looked at the Eventbrite tickets. And there and was so a couple hundred, right? You had three, yeah, there was like high 300s. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the wineries were excited because they were able to touch these San Francisco guests that maybe hadn't been to their wineries before. And I was excited because my dream came true. I got to bring my favorite wineries to San Francisco. But um, <laughs> I think with COVID, it doesn't make sense to do an event in San yeah. Francisco. I think the vineyard's a, a perfect event. Yeah. There's nothing like drinking wine in the vineyard. I mean, I, I wish that's where all tastings would get done, is that you could actually go into the vineyard where that wine was grown and be looking at those grapes as you're drinking it. I mean, it just gives you such a sense of place and, and, and the memory. I mean, the, you're never going to forget looking at the grapes while you're drinking that wine. It's one of those things that tasting rooms should be abolished. I agree, Brian. And it gives, I love, I love the word terroir, but it gives such a perfect sense of terroir. Yeah. Um, you know, I, when I, when I went on that road trip to Oregon, my first COVID trip, even though Sandra's like, you looked busy. I'm like, I was in shelter in place. Um, it was amazing. Like, and like the role, have you guys been to like Alamity Hills or like Dundee? No. no. Uh -uh. Oh my God. Sandra, we need a little road trip and put some miles on your car. <laughs> Yeah, there you I go. drove there in in my convertible. It was it was pretty fun. Was it? I mean, it's like a ten hour drive, but um, there's a wine region on the way. What is it? It's like this beautiful lake in California, not Lake Tahoe. It's on the way to Oregon. Shasta. Yeah, Lake Shasta. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I only know two legs here. Um, I'm actually going to admit something that I shouldn't admit. So I left San Francisco at like 6.30 and I had to get to Lake Shasta, like the wine region right by Lake Shasta by like noon. Mm-hmm. And you know, race car driver, I might've been going fast. I got a ticket at 6.45 AM. Oh my God. <laughs> Day one of the road trip. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could drive with you. Yeah, I have friends that won't drive with me. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, what else do I want to ask? So, yeah, I mean, you have staff now, correct? You have people that you work with? Yeah, I have a team. I mean, especially during COVID, everybody's a contractor because I don't really want full-time people. But yeah, I have I have a team. I have a bunch of people that, you know, design, branding, website. It sort of really just depends on what my client needs. And then I'm sort of like the cog that brings it all together and oversees the whole project. That's great. Like, what is, who is your typical client? Well, um, let's see. So I do day-to-day marketing for a fabulous wine bar down in Burlingame. Have you guys heard about Velvet 48? We have now. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> well, it's, it's a, I love Burlingame. It's so charming. And this is an amazing wine bar. He's got a wine list of 800 plus on the bottle. The glass is like 35 and up, 35 wow. numbers, you know. Um, So someone like that, I do marketing for wineries. And when I say marketing, like social media, newsletter, um, I also work with wineries, like planning blogger events. So before COVID, I would, you know, do a weekend in Healdsburg, for example, and I brought bloggers to like Gary Farrell, McCrosty, William Selliam, and then they spent the night at um, 235 or Hotel Mar, and then we'd have dinner at Villette. I honestly cannot go to Healdsburg without eating at Villette every single time. I just did an IGTV with Dustin. um, It's awesome. Or Clover, which was a lot of fun. Well, I can't imagine the two of you after some coffee in the morning, it must be, someone had to put a contain you two. I know. Well, he did most of the talking, luckily. I was just like a prop standing there. And like, I go, yeah, yeah. You know, Um, no, Dustin is the best. And yeah, I think we, we tie each other for energy levels. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How is his project coming? Did we... yeah. yeah. Is it it's happening? coming along? Um, I was supposed to do a hard hat tour a couple of weeks ago. We rescheduled it, but it's coming along. It's um, it's literally right on the square. And I was just, I just sent him some interview questions, and I learned a lot about it. Like I didn't realize the building that Matheson is in was his for the former or his his grandfather's like original bakery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so wild. Yeah, I think it'll be really exciting. And I love Ken, you know, who's a part of the project. He's doing like sushi floor. And they're also going to have, I think, 84 wines on tap. Wow. Don't quote me on that, but a very high number. Because one of my questions was like, how are you going to assort the wines for the Matheson? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so I think it's coming along. I think, what are, what are we in? twenty? I think like early to spring 2021 is the last mm-hmm. I heard. Oh, I hope so for them. Yeah. Yeah, if we can ever go back inside. Well, they also have a roof with like a lot of seats. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then speaking of openings, the Montage is opening apparently any day now in Healdsburg too. Wow. Do they have a restaurant in that? Yes. I don't know who the chef is. I was hearing speculation, but they haven't announced it as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. The, um, but you, I was looking at your post. You just had, you just ate at Wit and Wisdom. Oh. You've been trying to get Michael Mina on the podcast, and I don't know what's going on with his people. 
Yeah. Um, they're not responding very <laughs> well. Well, they're so, but, I mean, they're so busy opening all these new restaurants. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it but, was amazing. Um, did you enjoy it? It was so great. So I went last Monday and um, we sat outside, obviously. It's beautiful. And Lunch or dinner? Dinner. Okay. And this was actually sort of a little bit of a trust thing because the chef wanted to surprise me. And I was like, oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> you know, back to me being the picky eater. Sometimes it works and sometimes half the stuff that comes I don't want to eat. So um, we did it. And I said, how about I just say everything I don't eat, which was only like four or five items. And holy moly, they rolled out the red carpet. And so like we ordered a cocktail to start. Little did we know they were coming over with like the champagne that they'd done a collaboration oh. with. Um, I think everybody knows that, you know, if there's a cool wine on the list, I, I want to try it. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, no, it was great. I thought the, the food, I was describing this to the GM staff, like it was, it was very elevated California, but obviously with like an Italian twist. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked it. Like, I don't know if you guys ever went to the Mina, Med uh, the Italian pop-up on in the Marina a couple years ago. Mm -mm. That was like home, very homeschool Italian. And this felt more like Italian with California. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but I loved it. Um, I can't go back because they have a fried chicken on their brunch. Oh, one of our um, general managers of the past, Ryan Callahan, used to be after he left us, he went to Michael Mina, and he actually was the GM at Wit and Wisdom in Baltimore. Yeah, I didn't realize they had that. That's what Chef yeah. Alex told me, because I was like, this menu's amazing. And he's like, oh, it came from our Baltimore location. Right. Um, and he was funny. Ryan said, oh, it'll be interesting to see how wine country adapts to this. He's like, I honestly am not sure. But I looked at the menu. I think everything sounds amazing, and I can't wait to eat there. I well, let me know. I'll come meet you. If I you want had to. an invite the other day, the second one to Wit and Wisdom, and I'm like, I'm not leaving my house yet. Really? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my God. So I'll come pick you up. I'll show no, you. No, no. I mean, I'm not going to work. I mean, I'm working from home. It's like I, I, I know. I'm definitely starting to go well, we could always carry it out because my my like bestie last night carried it out and brought it to her hotel room so we could carry it out yeah. in your garden have six yeah i haven't even had anyone in my garden i'm surprised you're sane i would lose my mind well i'm doing a lot of self-love <laughs> I've, I've lost about 26 pounds that's great mm -hmm. and i meditate every day and I love my dogs. Yeah. And I, um, I mean, I can't say this for the first few months of COVID, and hopefully this stays on this path right now. But in the beginning, I was a mess. I was like a little too many edibles. Um, I wasn't drinking. <laughs> I wasn't sleeping. I was crying. I would go through boxes of Kleenex. Like I, I was like, I don't care that everybody else is going through this. I only care that I'm going through this. And yeah. this not, it was horrible. But I'm just like, I don't know when it happened, but I just like one day I was like, you know what? There's nothing I can do about this. So yeah. I can either, you know, not gain 30 pounds during COVID, um, you know, and then have to lose 60, 80, 100 pounds. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just, it's different. I think if I was in my 30s right now, or even my early 40s, um, it, it would be a different approach. 
because so, it would be a challenge. I would get excited. I would be like, oh, I am going to master this COVID restaurant thing like this. But, you know, after 23 years, it's just like, really? Yeah. Well, I think, I think what COVID did for me, because the, like, the shelter in place for the first three months, because I think I remember March, like I went to the Riddler the night before. Thank God for the, well, unfortunately, <laughs> the Riddler has now closed, which is so upsetting because I yeah. love the Riddler, which was the most fabulous show. Oh, the Um so I went to the Riddler the night before and I went with my, you know, the, my, my buddy from Beacart, Clement, and we had Beacart champagne, caviar. Yeah. And I saw Jen and she's like, thank you for coming out. Cause at that point, you know, restaurants were definitely slowing down and feeling stuff. And then it, we went into shelter in place the next day, Saturday. And literally the first few months, I mean, I would, you know what I would cry? I would cry when I was spinning. Um, cause I have a Peloton and I would spin and I feel like that's when the endorphins would come out and there'd be like, a really great song and, like, <gasps> and I'm like I'm crying while I'm spinning but you know I think we all feel it in different ways and then um you know we'd all have our daily ha zoom so I was like I I'm drinking daily and everyone's like it's fine it's COVID and then I'm like no this is not okay like I don't feel good I, I should not be doing this to my body so I sort of pull back and then I was only drinking like five days a week which is <laughs> better than seven and no Brian's good with seven I'm Sandra. I'm on five. I'm on. I'm keeping it with my work schedule. Yeah. Okay. So my work schedule, and then drinking after work, and then on my days off, I am recuperating. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see what I'm drinking right now? I am drinking sake. I'm testing sake for Noodle Spring. Cool. And um, so I've gotten some samples. These are like six ounce cans. And yeah, I was gonna not, say, wait a minute. Are they adorable? They're <laughs> so, so cute. cute. I've They're tested so cute. so far. They're six ounces, and you know what? They're canned, but they have some kind of lining on it that it doesn't taste like aluminum. Right. And so you really, because I don't. Sometimes when you drink a beer in a can, you get that like metallic something these are awesome and, and they're it, so cute are they yeah. supposed to be room temperature or cold can, or these three you can do warm or cold okay Ooh, but don't put that in the microwave right no i don't think so i'm not okay. <laughs> i don't think so so yeah because the noodle spring is all to go and you know when we would do the pop-ups uh, we had the 1.8 milliliter bottles where you just pour a glass yeah and i don't want to get into like this massive 30 bottle sake bottle you know and, <laughs> and people take home 50 dollar bottles of sake that's not really realistic yeah. so i think these are cute as like single serves cute kitchen Oh, thanks. Sorry, I was making another cup of coffee, but thanks oh, for watching. I like it. <laughs> um, well, thanks. Yeah, it's all yeah, white. I love very white. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to say, speaking of canned products, I recently did a canned wine post. Oh, my God. Canned wines are so much fun. They're so great for travel, picnicking, throwing it in your bag, in your trunk. It's like all the rage. I emailed them this morning to see if they have a distributor. And I mentioned that um, I heard about them through you. Who did you email? Uh, wine make, uh, Maker Can or- Oh, can Maker, oh, I love those girls. Oh, Are fun. You talking about them? Well, I have like 12 cans in my blog post, but yes, I do love Maker. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I just, yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And of course you said Viognier and I'm like, uh, hello. 
So, yeah. um, and Campo Vida, love those yeah. people. Love and you know who else you should check out? Weston Wilder has a really great Viognier too. And that's oh. Kenny, who was at Costa Brown before. Okay. Well, I can, so I'll make an intro. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, so, where, where do you see, do you have like big plans in the future for your Emily Martin communications and events and blah, blah, blah company, big company? Oh gosh, this is such a tough question. One of my friends is like, what, what are your five-year goals? What are your 10-year goals? Um, I don't know if I have big goals. I think I want to continue. continue. Emily, one second. Brian, is the rabbit alive? He's, he's chewing on something. I don't know. He's kind of freaking me out. Sorry. Okay, that made me nervous. <laughs> Go back. You're five years old. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I think Pinos and Plaid was a big a big um, endeavor in 2019, and the fact that I was able to get 25 very high end, well respected wineries in a room together, trusting me, that was that was a big milestone for me. And I want to continue to do Pinots and Plaid, but then I'd also, in an ideal world, love to evolve it. Like I think a California sparkling wine version would be great. I actually had a champagne version planned with um, the team at um, Wingtip. So we we're going to do it on their roof with like eight champagne brands because I spent a lot of time in champagne. So I think in terms of events, the sky's the limit just because, we, like you said, you know, when you know a good network in the area, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's easy to curate it. And obviously... If you throw a good enough event, guests will come. I think for the blog, um, what are my goals? I think just to continue to partner with brands I care about, be genuine. And honestly, like if I don't get 500 likes on an Instagram post and 55 comments, I'm okay with that because half of those 55 comments are fake comments. Everybody's in a pod commenting on each other. Right. And I sort of walked away from all that stuff. I was like, you know what? I'd rather have my quality of life and like run my business than be like a blogger right. that's on my phone nonstop yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, 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 there's pros and cons to that. Like, you know, I recently heard back from a hotel about a media say, they're like, Oh, you don't really have the engagement we're looking for. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're being turned down? But, you know, that, that's okay. That's life. And like, you know what? So maybe they need that 25 year old blogger that's going to be on her phone 12 hours a day and is going to get five times as many comments as I am. Right. God bless them. Yeah. Maybe they're not going to get a blogger that's going to write about them and be on page one of Google like me. You know, there's pros right. and cons. Um, so what, well, I'm sorry, keep going. So the blog you'll keep doing, you'll keep. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's funny. I had thought about doing a podcast during COVID because the Instagram lives ended up basically being that, but on camera. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought to myself, I really enjoyed the Instagram lives. Like in a way I'm like, Oh, maybe I should be like a little TV host. I thought it was fun. It's, and yeah. it's fun. Yeah, this I is my lifeline doing this every week with Brian. I mean, this is like the only regular thing that is in my life. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe I should do a podcast, but what I decided to do in terms of personal growth is I decided to do a W set course. So I passed out of one and two. So I'm doing W set level three. That's great. Um, and I mean, that's just, you know, my own personal knowledge. Right. Like I've never had a client be like, oh, you're not a W set or a SOM. We won't work with you because I right. keep out as much as a lot of those people. Um, you know, I love to talk clones and production style and whatever, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a totally so, laid out five and 10 year plan. Okay. So one thing in regard to the podcast, I think that, 
I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I think you could do like a really upbeat, what's new, you know, kind of thing. Like who's like, who's new to the neighborhood or like mini, you know, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. I was like, cause your enthusiasm for new things. And especially now knowing that you only really do it for people that you feel really good about and yeah. think that's really cool. Um, you know, but the thing with that, like even for us, it, it keeps you regional in your area. And then like sometimes when we're talking about like really local small places, people in New York don't really care. People in Chicago, they're like, whatever, maybe I'll listen to it before I visit Sonoma again. But I think, I mean, I love listening to your voice, like about new and, you know, when you, like just how the words come out of your posts or your blog or, or your Instagrams when you're somewhere new. Like I can feel the contagious of you liking something. Aww. So I was thinking about that. And I then, love that idea. Yeah. And the other thing is, is what do you tell, you know, like what would you tell restaurants? Because so definitely a lot of, you know, restaurants, wineries, whoever, people that don't have a marketing team or marketing company. I mean, I have three people doing our marketing until March. I've been begging you to do your marketing for years, by the way. I still want to, but anyway. You, you may end up with it. <laughs> Serious, <fried> chicken. <laughs> seriously oh my god but I mean we we had it in-house and um it was you know I mean I love being able to give people jobs so now it's just me and it has totally taken a nosedive but I've been doing it for long enough to know like if I have influencers or writers or whatever so how would you tell people like to make a decision about either, you know, having an influencer in and how do they, how do they research to know that they're like valid, like that they're actually someone? That would be a good question. Um, so if someone, let's say Susie Q reaches out to you and I'm your marketing person and Susie Q says, hi, me and a guest want to come in. We want to have a free dinner. And I will give you one Instagram post and one story. Okay. So I would say to myself, how many followers does Suzy Q have? Where in a perfect world, I'd ask for a media kit because a media kit breaks down. Like, like my media kit, for example, says, this is how many views I get a month. This is the view, my, the age of my audience. So my audience, my number one viewers are millennials. Woohoo! <laughs> then, they, then they just get older in age. So well, millennials are what? 24 five to 33 and then it's like 34 to 45 46 um and i think i think brands are getting a little bit less obsessed with millennials but i still think everyone loves the word millennial and trying to acquire them because you know we keep we keep hearing how millennials like love experiences and even but they're they not spending any money that's been the issue in the wine <laughs> business too is everyone was trying to target millennials and then we found out that they were they were sure throwing content out there but they weren't spending their money Interesting. Yeah. So, so I would, yeah. So I would, I would look at the, who their followers are, you know, if it's an out of town or from New York and none of their followers are in California and you're like, are there, are, are there 90% of their viewers in Manhattan ever going to come to Sonoma? Maybe, but like, are they going to give you a blog post? Like, I sort of think you just have to like, it's almost like you look at all the variables and you figure out like what weighs what, mm -hmm. so, you know, sometimes like I have clients that are like, Oh, we only want, Instagrammers with 20,000 or more to this event. And I'm like, you know what? 
those days are done. Sometimes the ones with 10,000 followers, they're hungrier and they give more. And I've like, I spend a lot of time emailing people being like, Hey, you're great. Can we have coffee? I mean, pre COVID or, um, <laughs> you know, I love your feed. May I invite you to events when I throw them? And they're like, yes. And then they like know who I am. So when I email them, so I think it's a lot of variables and like looking at their prior content. I mean, look at their other food posts. Have they ever written about food? And, um, I mean, like, do they, do they, I, the part of the reason I love to interview chefs and winemakers is because it like, it sort of like widens all my content. So I'm writing about restaurants. I'm writing about wineries, but I'm also telling the story. Right. So I think just like, what is their content? And you just sort of have to, I mean, maybe there's like a checklist of like eight questions. I mean, most of the time, if I'm doing this for my clients, I'm deciding like literally one of my clients in San Francisco got an inquiry from someone the day before, by the way, as an influencer, they should also give you like right. at least five business days notice, right. if not more. Um, they were like, Oh, I'd like to come in tonight for a free visit. And he forwards it to me and she had 250 followers. And I was like, that's, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> That does not warrant a hundred dollar <laughs> visit. Like, come on. I mean, it's not, I'm, I'm sort of contradicting myself. It's not all about numbers, but I would have to have a few thousand, maybe yeah. 5,000 and yeah. up. Yeah. Or if you're like, I only have 3,000, but I'll do a Google review. I'll do a Yelp review. I'll give you 10 pictures that I take. I'll do a blog post. Okay. Well, if you're like, Hey, I'd love 10 pictures based on her Instagram feed. Her photography is gorgeous. Then that's a win-win for you. You don't have to hire a photographer. So it's sort of just like, a Rolodex of options and what can they give you that is mutually beneficial. Where do you see um, marketing going in this time? You know, I think we're seeing less things in print, though mm -hmm. print is having a comeback in certain areas. But, um, you know, like what, what should you know, restaurants hope to get because it's not, if there used to be the day where you're like, oh, is Michael Bauer going to come? Or does everybody know what Michael Bauer looks like? And now it's like, okay, is anybody doing restaurant reviews anymore? Well, Soleil, Soleil is, but I don't like for the Chronicle. So I just ran into Michael Bauer actually at the A16 pop up in Boonville. Oh. And Michael and Michael were so sweet. So now, uh -huh. I mean, I already knew what he looked like, but yeah, for years I didn't know what he looked like. So that was so funny. Yeah, I was picture, like, hey, guys. Picture. No, but Shelly was like, oh, you know, Emily. And they're like, um, and I'm like, yeah, we've met like a dozen times. Good to see you. You know, like, yeah. but, um, you know, it's like when I knew you, I knew who you were, but you didn't know who I was. That's what happens when you're a big culinary celebrity. That was terrible of me. Um, so I think I honestly am convinced people are going to get over Instagram. I'm over Instagram. I absolutely hate it. I do it. Where do you go job. now? Where, where are you going to go? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the video, I think people love video, like videos, engagements, like 70% more than non-video. Um, I mean, maybe short video. So like a lot of my YouTube videos are too long. So I'm trying to shorten them and do like, like maybe a, a two minute clip of our IG live versus all 45 minutes. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't quite know what's next. I think the TikTok is a perfect example. Cause what is it like a minute clip? It's fun. It's upbeat. It's cheerful. Um, I mean, I don't I'm, even know what it is. Oh, well <laughs> it's all the young kids. I, I can't really do it. Cause I'm not like a dancer and I'm like, I don't have enough rhythm and skills. I don't know how that could help my brand like dancing that sway thing or whatever. Well, it could be cute. So for example, like when you guys are like have the truck out, there could like you basically you need like a high school kid or a college intern to curate that content. So that's another thing. I think if you want, 
to stay. Like I have a lot of interns that are in college and I'm always like, guys, what's going on out there? Like, I feel like a dinosaur compared to you. Tell me, tell me what you think. Right. Like, is awesome. this still exciting? Is this still cool? Um, and it's funny because I just reviewed my Google Analytics last week because I've been spending a lot of time on Pinterest because Pinterest was a huge opportunity for me. All I have is beautiful photography of food and wine and hotels. Mm -hmm. I should be dominating Pinterest. And I'm at like 100,000 views a month. I want to get to a million. And Oh my God. Yeah, I'll get there. And, and that would be a huge opportunity for you too if I do your marketing. I Just, have to look right now to see <laughs> where do I find how many views yeah. I have. Um, you go to Pinterest and your handle and then you I go to 71,000 views a month. Yep. Perfect. We can get you to a million too. So anyway, um, <laughs> Pinterest, I think, I don't know. I just think Instagram, it's sort of like been there, done that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the next new Instagram is, but I think the TikTok. So Instagram has its own version of TikTok now and everyone's doing these quick little like reels. reels. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, hard it's to video, keep up. it is hard to keep up. Sandra, you, you just hand your phone to a 13 year old. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, but that's I can't believe you tell. I know I'm yeah. Sandra. I'm kidding. And this okay. is how, you know, when the kids are listening to TikTok. So I, I, I have a 12 year old, Emily, a 12 year old daughter. And so yeah. they do, they can be nowhere near a phone television. There will be no music playing and they are doing this. I see it at the hotel every day. I, you can tell who is on TikTok because they cannot stop moving. Yeah, I know. And um, so you work at the Fairmont, Brian? I do. Oh, perfect. I was just um, emailing. I'm hoping to do a media visit there. I was emailing with Michelle, maybe. Uh, yes, Michelle Heston, he's yeah. our friend. My he's, got, friend. he's got like a straight face. Um, Oh, yeah, well, it's, I love it's, it's just a weird time. I mean, this is just such a weird time to be doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Sandra feels the same way. It's like, we don't feel like we're putting our I best know. foot forward right now. We're not, I we don't have our best face on. I get that. But like, the reason I want to do media visits is I want to tell people it's safe to travel. This is what hotels are doing. Like when I yeah. went to Kenwood, I thought it was phenomenal. You know, they, there was like signs when you check in. Um, instead of like the beautiful plate of cheese in your room, you know, there was a cardboard. I mean, yes, it's not quite what we're used to, but times have changed until COVID goes away. I mean, I want my hotel partners to stay in business. So I want my readers to go travel. And the yeah. more I can show them, this is what they're doing. It's safe. You're not going to get COVID the better. So yeah, I mean, do I want to go back to the days where like, there's like facial massage, we're sitting by the pool, having wine, or where, or where you're sitting down at a table and I'm pouring wine into a glass and serving food on a plate. I mean, that would, that would be amazing. But I mean, I don't know. It's like my content isn't going to stop. So I'm either going to tell people stories who want me to tell their stories or I'm going to tell other people's stories. Like I'm going back to the Four Seasons Seattle over Christmas. I've written about them, but I'm like, I'd love to write about you during COVID. Right. Um, I think it's actually, I think it's smart because we really don't know how long this is going to go on for. And I also think that are people completely settled with their plans? Like, you know, so wine country, we only were able to open for two weeks inside. That was it. Two weeks and then it was done. Um, we didn't even do that. So are people 
if if we got to 50% open, like what would your place look like? Like, what would it be? Would it be plexi? Would it be curtains? Would it be pods? Would it be, you know, like, how are you going to end up? Like, where is your investment going to be on, on where you're going to be for the next year in COVID? So like right now, like I feel like Sonoma hasn't really dialed in most people like since they haven't been able to be open they don't really know what they're going to do yet or how it's going to go or whether it's even profitable to be open at 25 or 50 percent it's not for yeah. us and then um but i do think they're there that's extremely valid because people will want to know where to go and um you know yelp and TripAdvisor and all these review places they've all added in stuff about COVID. Yeah. And now, oh my God, Yelp has added in um, stuff on Black Lives Matter. Like if sure. you have a bad racial whatever, um, you can yeah. post it. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I added two sections to my blog, COVID travel and COVID wine tasting. So the wineries that I've visited during COVID, uh -huh. you can search and see that. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I just think Yes, I would love to bury COVID away and go back. To, I mean, right. I stayed at the yeah. fairmount, Brian. I remember like every moment I arrived, I had a glass of champagne. I photographed it in front of the fountain. I got to my room. There was a bottle of wine waiting. It was spectacular. Yeah, now you have to do the food truck there. And the oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know there was a food truck there. Exactly. Uh, it's an Airstream food truck. And then also we started something which is, this is what you should actually do is, is come on the weekend when we're doing, um, we do this new package where, you stay in the 900 block in these suites that yeah. has, and you have balconies and we bring a charcuterie and cheese and a bottle of sparkling wine. We put it in your room. So at five o'clock you show up to your room and then you're on the second um, story and then you're looking down on Sean, who's been playing um, Friday nights out there at the food truck. He basically serenades you for two hours while you're drinking <laughs> your sparkling wine. That's and eating I cheese. love it. Sign yeah, we just started that Brian. last night. It was it was really That's cool. Lovely. Yeah, it was, it was See, Sunday. Thing. I also think like people are getting really creative. Um, yeah. and yeah. that's you that's have to. that's that's lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I get it. It's it's almost like you know when you're like sick, you don't want to like see people when you don't have like you're not a hundred percent, but we're all going to be sick for a little bit. So I just want my hotels and my restaurants and my winery pals to get enough business that they stay in business. Yeah. 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 That's smart. Well, this I, is coming uh, up to key time right now too. This is like yeah. winter's coming and mm -hmm. what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I do think it's going to be, I mean, I keep following, you know, the news in San Francisco and we just got 25% restaurants and I mean, I haven't eaten inside at a restaurant. I've been supporting and eating outside a heck of a lot do I know in a month or two if I'm going to want to? I'm not quite sure. I don't know. So when, if I don't, you know, I'll just carry out and eat in my garden or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. Sandra, like, when you're ready, I'm going to come carry out and eat <laughs> your garden. Um, but, yeah, I think, I mean, the people that are ready, great. And the people that aren't, you can still support and carry out. And, I mean, San Francisco, people got so creative. There was all these meal kits. I became, by the way, really good at making Delfina pizza because Delfina had this meal kit where they sold three things of dough the tomato, the cheese, the basil, and it was $28. Yeah. I was babysitting this weekend and I made the Delfina meal kit with like my three-year-old little like nephew. Oh, that's so cute. Not my real nephew. He's my pseudo yeah. nephew. Yeah. 
Yeah, you and should check out um, Coxcomb. Uh, Chris Cosentino is doing yeah. some pretty cool meal kits too. Oh, good. I didn't. Yeah, he's a hoot. I didn't know he did a meal kit. Yeah. Yeah. I um every Sunday Monday I get a couple emails. So yesterday I got my email from Brian Jones Catering, who used to be one of our chefs. Oh wow! Yeah. I got my email from Kyle, who used to be the chef at Ramekins, and so they do a set menu. And then they deliver, or you can pick it up on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. And it's always for two people. So I can only do it once in a while because it's too much food for just one person. And then um, Sarah Scott in Napa, she used to be the chef, I think, at Mondavi for years. Mm -hmm. She has hers. If she, listen, if she were delivering to Sonoma, I would have ordered today because she's doing these chicken thighs with chanterelles and broccolini that just sounds so amazing yeah um but it's interesting because and then there's a few more there's a few more people doing stuff well michael Nina's doing a great one in the city i did an ig live with him talking about it wow so you know i mean it's into but but this has created more competition for restaurants yes inadvertently now most of these people were caterers and of course, since catering is gone, they've had to find a way to, you know, sustain a livelihood. So I totally get it. But it's very interesting if you're someone that, you know, you maybe only need to do 20 meals a week at $75 a person. And maybe that sustains you for the week, pays your bills. Yeah. Um, but it, it is interesting. Today, I sent an email to our Facebook group, Sonoma Valley Restaurant Association, and I just said to everyone, I'm like, does anybody want to write a letter to the editor, like from the group? Winner's coming. I don't think we should write a sob story, but I think we should write something to our community that one, appreciates the support we've gotten since COVID started, and two, that we are really concerned about winter. And what are some ideas that will help you support us right because we're our best town is for business is when we're a tourist town because with all the restaurants in sonoma our local clientele cannot possibly support all of our restaurants in our community so what do we do like should we work together and restaurants be closed you know take different turns being closed one or two days you know can we get people to commit to a group supported you know lifeline for each other no, that's, that's smart so there's this is like the restaurant owners in sonoma a facebook yeah group. we just have a private facebook group that yeah. you know we'll just put crap on or whatever just you know hey do you know about this or what happened with your covid or mm -hmm. um but yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right it's like if if instead of being open seven days a week or maybe instead of six maybe you're four but those four are busier and then you're not paying the staff and then like right. restaurant c is open and i mean yeah. it, it's a very brilliant concept it's very utopian because i don't know <laughs> that you know i, I know because we're more and ran than you know oh we are the world but because everyone's trying to survive yeah. you know? how about I could say that, but John will be like, no, no fucking way. We're open every night. You know? Okay, no, Sandra, how about this? How about you do meal pickups at Sweet D, but the appetizer comes from Cafe La Haye, the main course comes from the Girl in the Fig, and the dessert comes from 
you know, name another that. restaurant. That's a great idea. That. And then, then you all get to swap and everyone yeah. gets to, you know. I'm writing it down. Okay, I like good. it. Cafe La Haye is one I keep hearing about. I need to, because isn't that, Anna, Anna told me about that. I think it's her ex-husband's restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I need so to go there. Tables, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, there's two tables. <laughs> There's two Maybe tables that's a carry out front. one. Sandra, <laughs> we can carry that out to your garden. Yeah. Um, we have I a lot know. of carry out plans <laughs> whenever she lets me visit. I know. Emily, did you have the seafood platter when you were at Wit and Wisdom with the crab legs and the oysters and everything? I didn't. Ugh. I just saw a picture of it, and I—I I, I know. Made, I mean, I'm like drooling, staring at it. I know. No, I was, I was, I, I sort of wanted to, but then I got, oh my god, I got so many other stuff. The pizza, like the the carbonara pizza with like an oh, that egg. looked amazing. Yeah. And the pasta. Um, and what was then in there that was sauce? What was in that carbonara sauce? Because they poured it on top. Oh, it was like egg. Oh my god! Okay, so it was egg actual egg. carbonara. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. Wow. Which I I also don't eat raw egg, but I will on pasta and pizza. So it, oh my god, it was so good. Um, and then the desserts they had, it was like I thought it was a, a chocolate chip cookie because it looked like it, but it was actually more like a um not not a biscuit. What do you call it? Like that was breakfast things. Um, like a scone. scone? Yes, it was like yeah. a scone. So it had like drier scone consistency but looked like a cookie on the outside and then it had lemon whipped cream oh and then there was a chocolate peanut butter dessert which was lovely it reminded me of dustin's it's not your snicker dessert which i have every single time right um i mean i just told them where was i yesterday oh i was at this ice cream store and i was like oh i'll take the chocolate peanut butter and they're like we don't have that i'm like who doesn't have a chocolate peanut butter ice cream and I'm like, <laughs> i literally got mad at the guy i hope it wasn't noble folks no it was the cute ice cream store in coal valley okay <laughs> It looks like a 50s throwback. And oh, that's how I feel at a restaurant. Like, if you don't have anything chocolate on the dessert menu, I'm sort of like, screw you. I'm not having anything. <laughs> like, I get really mad. <laughs> yeah, Sandra, why don't you have chicken thighs on the menu right now? They were on the menu. They just came off, like, a week ago. Yeah, I was going to get to-go food when I – I forget what I was doing. <laughs> I was, like, at the winery or something, and and then – looked at looked at the menu and was like there's no chicken thighs like call, call jeremy i don't know i can't control what they put <laughs> on the menu. John. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know like and they were on the cafe like a week or two ago and they came off on there but next week we open no on the 22nd we're opening noodle spring which is our ramen pop-up which in the past we only did it um wednesday night and it was just at Sweet D and you just show up and you order at the counter, you get a number, you sit down and your food comes to you within like 10 minutes max. Yeah. And, and it was super cool. I was always surprised really cool. when, I, when I went there and I was like, where are these people coming from? No, And it could be a line out the door and I would sometimes yeah. I would do Kung Fu Panda, you know, up on the wall and I have these murals and it's just was very well, cool. Maybe when this pop-up opens, Brian, you and I can go since Sandra won't leave the house. But yeah, I'd but it's to go. go. Yeah, it's going to be to go. But yeah. now there's a whole menu and we have our website is up, noodlespring.com. And I work with a guy in Japan on the menu. Are you, are you not going to be doing Wicked Slush anymore then? No, it'll take place for Wicked Slush. So, which makes sense because in the winter, it's right. cold. The slush I had one of those. I had that slushy when I was at yeah. you know, Big for Lunch. When, yeah. I, when I visited Three Sticks for my, see, I did a COVID lunch at Girl in a Fig. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I had this. Remember, lovely... you were there. Yeah. Yeah. I was here. I was sitting right. I know. Here. I know. I was like, um, <laughs> you're like, she, I hope I see you. And I'm like, she has like, cameras at the restaurant. Saunders, Saunders just watching her cameras at the girl in the fig all day. I know. I know. Oh, really? Oh, you have cameras? Did you see me? Only yeah. in the bathrooms. No, I can't see anything. <laughs> no, uh, we, do, we do have cameras, but I always forget we have them, so I never watch. I know. I just got cameras at my place, and it's so much. I have the ring doorbell. It's so much fun. Like I'm like, ooh, oh. yes, guy just came. I wonder oh, who watched the stripper. No, I, I can't do it. Um, once in a while, in the middle of the night, like, um, well, like if the alarm company called or something like that, I would go on. But I always forget that we have them. And it's I really fun. It's really yeah, fun. I, know, I can't do it. <laughs> um, I really don't want to catch anyone doing something wrong. Not that they are, but I would feel, then what do I go? I was watching you on the camera and I saw you pick your nose or you know, whatever you did. That would be horrible. But anyway, so this was so, so, so fun. And I know... Um, I mean, I just want to talk about so many things, but well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll do a podcast after all, and maybe I'll do yes. like what's new and exciting, and, and you can have us come on. I know well, exactly. Well, maybe you have a podcast and just have podcast hosts come on. Oh, so and only do a podcast? Yeah, like if you have a podcast, you would go on your podcast and talk about your podcast. <laughs> You'd be like, you would be this like is... what we call our. We call our podcaster host the pod father. You could be the pod mother. Or like basically a pod publicist if I'm just promoting other people's podcasts. Exactly. I do like your idea. Like what's new and exciting in the Bay Area, like San Francisco and wine country. Honestly, like I feel like wine country is what I really want to talk. I love talking about San Francisco, but yeah, yeah, well, we'll see. Oh my God. And I I have your theme song for the podcast. What is it? Tom, Tom Jones. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Our, ours was, we're the bike goes on because it was meant to be, and the beat goes, beat goes on. on. I don't know if I can have the word pussycats in my podcast, but no, I do know where you're not. going. Oh, yeah. that's up in your ratings immediately. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to think about that. Um, I'm, very, I'm not very provocative. Yeah. Yeah. You could be, though, if you wanted to. <laughs> well, on the record, on the record, I'm not, we shall say. Okay. okay. <laughs> so let's tell everybody your Instagram handles and your blog address so they okay. can look you up and we'll add it to the show notes. Okay. So my blog is called The Jet Setting Fashionista and it's shortened to jsfashionista.com. And my Instagram handle for the blog is Jet Setting Fashionista. And my business one is even easier to remember. The URL is Emily Martin Events. And that's also the Instagram handle, Emily Martin Events. Excellent. And um, also YouTube, the YouTube is Jet Setting Fashionista. And that's where people can find my Instagram live with you, Sandra. Excellent. Oh, I'm going to And you know what I'm going to do? I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to try to embed when this goes live, this podcast. I think I'll put a section on the blog, like podcasts I've been in, Ooh. and I'll link to this. Okay, thank you. We could sure. love a little TLC. Yeah, and obviously I'll put it on social, all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you. How long does it take till this goes live? This is going to go live on, um, if you hear it, today is, if you hear it the very first day it airs, it would be October 23rd. Oh, and great. We'll be sending you an email with all yeah. sorts of information and links and stuff like that. And, and waivers. And waivers. And, <laughs> and <yeah>. DAs. <laughs> That's how good it is. 
Um, but um, we also, yeah, our website, thebikegoeson.com, we're going to have a beautiful picture of you on it, and it'll link to your show. I know, we're doing, uh, we're doing Martin to Martin. We're, go, we're doing Martin oh my God, this week, and then hilarious. doing Emily Martin the following week, yeah. Yeah, we have another Martin. Emily Martin? We have Martine, <laughs> Martine from Tab Family Outpost. Oh, great. This week, yeah. But he's it's spelled Martin like your last name. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, wow. so, yeah, I like great it. Martin Martin. Well, this has been so much fun. I feel like uh, I just oh, want to do it again. You. So maybe I will launch a podcast because I don't think I have enough things on my plate already. No, it's pretty <laughs> fun. And if we figured it out, Probably anybody can figure it out. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. thank you so much for having me. And oh, thank you for all you. the great laughs. And um, Brian, hopefully I'll get to see you at some point. We'll connect. Yeah, I was going to say, hope, I mean, hopefully hope soon we'll see you at the Fairmont. And I will. Or Hospice Daron. Come see me when you, when you need some wine. I will be wandering around the hotel. And I'll be the guy that gets you a good bottle of wine. Ooh, okay. Well, we'll definitely, we'll definitely plan that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, we're actually okay. open for, um, we are starting to do outdoor spa treatments too. So you can get some, Oh, get some I need to do, when is that open? I need to make an appointment stat. We're, uh, the spa's closed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So every, any other days, I'm happy to do it. Okay. Good yeah, to know. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Right. Good to see you, Emily. Great to see you both. All right, if you uh, want to check out our past episodes, you can go to radiomisfits.com backslash the winemakers. But I'm sorry, the bike oh my goes God, on. You are a pimper. <laughs> I get in my thing. So what, what I suggest is just go into the bike goes on.com. Um, and then you can see pictures and read all of the past guests and got great content on there for you. Sondra does a great job maintaining the website. But they should also do, they should also do go to the winemakers because that is a beautiful um, podcast as well. And we had a fun, yeah, we had a fun show this week. We had the assistant winemaker from um, Pax Maley who was on, um, Rosalind Reynolds, and she was the one that um, um, is turning me on to um, natural wines a little bit more and doing wow. some interesting stuff. There's a lot of interesting things going on in the wine industry this year because of smoke. So there's um, some, she's doing a Pinot and Plums co-ferment. She's oh, doing wow. a um, Columbard and Apple uh, co-ferment. So there's some really fun stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, check out the winemakers too, but also uh, hit up the bikeozon.com. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you for listening. We'll look forward to talking to you next week.